Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Charlotte Shook reflecting on her birth that required adjusting and shifting to many changes in her preparation and plans for her birth. We are grateful to hear her truth today. Hello, Charlotte. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Um, Can you just start by telling a little bit about yourself and your family? Yeah, sure. So I am a first time mama. I live in Boston. Um, I just gave birth to my son, Emmanuel, in January. So he didn't want any parts of 2020 because he was due in 2020, but he was like hard pass. So he came a little past his due date. And um, it was me and my husband. And like I said, we live in Boston now. It's just the two of us. My family is from Ohio. His family is from like two hours away. So we're just navigating this new parent life here in the city. Understood. And I don't know, that's just a different challenge too, going through a pandemic while mm-hmm. you're giving birth one. And then even in the postpartum period, I'm sure we'll get to that later, just adjusting and making choices that you didn't think you were going to have to make in those types of things. So um, tell us a little bit about your pregnancy with Emmanuel. Yeah. So my pregnancy I I kind of feel bad, especially when I talk to some of my other friends who've had difficult pregnancies, but my pregnancy was like so, so, so easy. It was like amazing. I was like, wow, I want to like be pregnant again. It was great. Like I found out I was pregnant fairly early just because we had been pr- trying to get pregnant. And um, so I found out I was sick for like maybe two weeks with morning sickness. And then all of a sudden it just like went away. And then like the rest of my pregnancy, I was like able to work out. I was, I would go for walks. Like, like you said, we're in a pandemic. So my job, we were working from home. So I was like, well, the only time I can get out is going for walks in the neighborhood. And I was pregnant. So I was like, this is great. So I was able to stay active my whole pregnancy. I did a lot of like reading and trying to figure out stuff about pregnancy. Um, Just a little background, like my husband and I, we had been trying to get pregnant for like a year. And I was like almost at the point where I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to go to a doctor. I'm not sure if something's going on with me. And then I did um, a Yoni steam. And I only bring this up because like, I swear this is the only thing we did different that cycle. So like if people are just interested, just look up what a Yoni steam is because it's super interesting. But we did that and literally the next cycle we got pregnant. And so um, I did a lot of research about like who I wanted my provider to be, a lot of like reading books. And like prior to getting pregnant, I was listening to podcasts and stories and just kind of preparing myself for this moment. So um, aside from that, like like I said, I had a very standard, very um, uneventful pregnancy until it was time to go. <laughs> well, let's just jump right into it now. I want to know. <laughs> so, so like I said, like my pregnancy was totally uneventful and um, I had planned to do an unmedicated birth. So I was taking um, hypno babies, which basically it uses a lot of deep like meditation um, in order to kind of like you block out basically any pressure waves or like contractions as they like to call them. 
um, they call them pressure waves, but they, it's, it kind of helps you like block out that pain and you get like in a deep space. So I was doing that probably from the beginning of my third trimester all the way up until then. And so I get to 40 weeks and, you know, birth due dates are estimate dates. So like I knew that going into it. So I'm like, okay, well, he's not, he's not here yet. And, you know, we, we were doing all of the spicy foods and all the walking and all the stuff they say helps, <laughs> um, um, helps you, helps baby come when they're ready. Um, so we were doing all that. And so I went to my provider that week and he, um, he was really great because we, he was very much mother led. He's like, whatever you want to do, you know, we'll do it. Um, he was like, you know, we'll go up until, like you can't go past 42 weeks. So, you know, within two weeks, you're going to have your baby. So he was like, I'll schedule you for a um, non-stress test later this week. I think I was scheduled for, so I met with him on a Monday. He was like that Thursday, you're going to come in from non-stress test. So it's like, okay, like that's fine. I was asking him what we're going to do from there. He was just like, it's just a bunch of monitoring. He's like, if you don't have the baby, um, if everything's fine, like your Monday appointment at 41 weeks, we'll talk about induction. So I was like, okay, like, that's fine. Like I started getting nervous because I'm like, okay, like I don't, in my mind, I wasn't prepared to be induced. And I definitely like, I was nervous that like, okay, if you go too far, like you hear they like try to make you have a C-section and all these other things started going through my mind. So the day before my non-stress test, I was talking to my doula and she just like walked me through everything, like what a non-stress test would include. Um, and then she like started talking about an induction. And I don't know what it was, but I just remember we were FaceTiming and I was just like crying the whole time. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed about, you know, the Pitocin and it strengthening your contractions and all those other things. I was like, all these things I had planned in my mind, like I wanted to labor at home. I wanted to labor in the water um, just because the hospital that I was giving birth at, they didn't do water births, which is something I really wanted, but my provider... Um, the hospital they gave birth or they delivered at, they they just didn't do that. But I really liked the provider who I decided to stay with him. Um, so I was like, okay, that's one thing I'm not going to be able to have, but I can labor at home as long as possible. And now we're like, oh, we might have to induce you. So I was just like freaking myself out. So like, it's funny, her and my doula and my doctor, they were like, you know, you can have a glass of wine and, you know, just try to relax and keep yourself like calm. So I was like, okay, so that night, um, this was a Wednesday, like the day before my non-stress test. I was like, was talking to my husband. We had ordered like Thai food and got stuff like extra, extra spicy to try to get things going. And I was like, okay, I'll have a little bit of wine. Cause I was like nervous. Cause like they had told me that before, but I'm like, y'all trying to set me up. <laughs> like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, so I like had like a couple sips of wine and it was so weird. Cause like, every time I would have a sip, I could just feel my baby like in there, like he'd be like kicking around, like dancing, like mama, like, what did you do? Like, girl, you need to stop that. <laughs> and so um, that was that. And so that night, you know, I went to bed and I listened to my um, hypno baby's recording. So I listen to it usually at night or before I go to sleep. So I'm listening to it and I fall asleep. And then like maybe an hour later, I like wake up because I feel like this gushing coming from me. I'm like, 
am I, I thought I was like peeing on myself. I was like, am I peeing on myself right now? And so I get up and literally it's like my water, my water definitely had broken. Like it was a gush. I, it was just, it was a lot for me. I was just like, oh my gosh. So I went to the bathroom and I'm like sitting there. I was like, am I imagining this or is this happening? happening? So I'm like, so I texted my doula and it's like midnight. And I'm like, hey, Deshana, I think my water just broke. And I was like talking to her. She's like, oh, that's great. Like, maybe the wine helped. I guess you're going to like, things are going to get going now. Like, we were like pumped. Like, okay, like maybe you don't have to get induced after all. So she was just like, call me when you start to feel contractions and just kind of like go about your day. You know, you're a first time mom. It takes a while for things to really get going for the first time for the most part. So I was like, okay. So, um, the next, I also texted my doctor that night and he kind of said the same thing. He's just like, let me know, like when things start to progress and, um, either he was like, don't come into the non-stress test tomorrow morning. Um, just if you have contractions and they start to get closer, just keep me in the loop. Like he, this doctor, he was really good. He like, he gives you your, his number. So you can just like text him and like, let him and just go back and forth with him. So I was just texting him throughout the night and like just getting him updated. And so I went back to sleep. I got showered, went back to sleep and I was like super pumped. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is the day is finally here. I'm about to have my baby. Like it's awesome. So like that day goes by and I'm like, I'm still working at this point. So this is New Year's Eve. Um, so I like I'm working and we're working remote, so I don't have to go in anywhere. But I like send my emails to my boss and stuff. I'm like, hey, like my water broke. Um, I don't I'm, I'm just going to start my leave now, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to finish the day, all that jazz. And so it's like maybe four or five in the afternoon. And my doctor texts me. He's like, you know, have you started feeling anything? What's going on? How are you doing? Like people are checking in with me and I'm like no, like, I don't feel anything. Like, granted, I'm not sure what a contraction would feel like. So I was like, I like, I don't think I'm having contractions. He's like, Oh, you'll know. And I was like, Well, I don't, I don't think I am. He was like, Okay. Um, and so he was like, around the 24 hour mark, I want you to just come in so we can like check you and just like see how you're doing, especially since your water broke. Um, we just want to make sure like there's no risk of infection or anything like that. So I'm like, Okay. So, um, that I finished getting ready. So that was like at five. He was like, okay, come in this like around, around midnight. Um, and we'll just like check you and everything. So me and my husband, like we're getting the hospital bags. Like we had it mostly packed, but we're getting like the final stuff. We're getting ready. And like, we just, we, we get to the hospital and you know, there's like all this stuff with like COVID. So you have to be like extra masked up. They have to do the navel, nasal swab and all that other stuff. And so we get to the hospital um, and they're like, well, we're going to do a cervical check and just see how far along you are. Um, and so they check me and I wasn't dilated. I wasn't effaced. Like I was at like zero everything like nothing was happening and I was like okay like that's weird <laughs> so um I was like texting my doctor this time because he wasn't on um rotation yet at that time so I was like texting him he's like okay well I'm gonna send in you know whatever the doctor is who's on call that time she's gonna talk to you um 
I think, you know, he had also called me and we had talked about induction because like he was checking in with me throughout the day. He was like, you know, you, you, nothing has started yet. I was like, no, nothing. And so he was like, um, the doctor will come in and she'll give you, you know, I think, what did we do first? Is I think Pitocin might be first or something, something to like ripen the cervix. I forget what the medicine is. Um, but they give you something to ripen the cervix first to kind of help get things going or to help you dilate. And so, um, she did like, they came in, they gave me that and like, we were just like waiting. And then like, once they gave me whatever medicine that was, it like, it kind of got things going, but it was like pretty, pretty intense. So like I had not gotten any cervical checks or anything done. And so when I went in for my induction was the first time that I'd gotten a cervical check. And I was just like, oh my God, this is like painful. <laughs> like, oh my God, like, I don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, this is rough. And so I'm like trying to like do my deep breathing stuff and trying to just like, you know, stay in the zone. So a couple hours go by, like, like I said, it's New Year's Eve. They come in, they're like, oh, do you guys want some juice? You can watch the ball drop or like, yeah, okay. Like at this point I wasn't like super nervous. I was still like, okay, this is, this is fine. Um, so that was that. And then a couple hours later they checked me again and I was like, not like nothing had progressed at all. And I was just like, is this normal? Like what's going on? They're like, I mean, we're just, we're going to have to give you, I think that's when they said, we're going to have to give you Pitocin to kind of speed up things where they're like, just to FYI, it might like intensify your contractions. I was like, okay. Like they were intense from when I had started, but I was like kind of breathing through it and working through it. And so um, they had gave me the Pitocin and that, that definitely like, it was just like a game changer for me. It was like, I felt like my contractions were so, so strong. And I was just like, I don't know. I was really in my head and I was just like, I, I can't, I can't do this. Like it's a lot. And my husband, he was like trying to help me cause he knew I wanted to go unmedicated. So, you know, he's trying to be like a support person and be like, you know, you can do that. Do you want to put on your stuff and like all this other things. And I'm like trying to do all of that, but also with the medication that they gave me, like I had to stay monitored pretty frequently. Um, we had tried to do wireless monitoring, but like the wires kept coming off and like, it was like something would happen and they would come rushing in there. Like the heart rate drop or something. They just like do all this weird stuff. Um, so then, so they gave me the Pitocin and like that had strengthened things. And at this point, this was like the next night almost. And so I had been in there 24, maybe 36 hours almost. Um, and like, I'm still like, I think at this point I was like at a two dilation. The baby was still really high up. I, my cervix wasn't thinned. And I was like, I don't, I don't understand when that thing's supposed to get going. And um, they're like, well, we're going to like up, the Pitocin. So, you know, it's going to make things a little bit stronger. We can talk about like my, I had a birth plan and I like walked them through it. And I was like, you know, I don't, I will ask for medication if I want it. 
Um, and so they kind of like talked to me about what medications I wanted because they could see I was starting to get a little like antsy and like in my head about things. And so one of the pain options, so like nitrous oxide is one of the ones I really wanted to try, but because of COVID, they were like, that's not an option right now. The They have a labor pool, so like you can labor in water, but you can't birth in it. They have that, but again, because of COVID, I wasn't able to use that. So it was like, I could use the shower that was in our room, or I could get an epidural, or I could... Um, <sighs> It's some kind of like, it was another type of medication. I can't remember the name of it. Like I like a new bane. Maybe. I don't know. I know they said they could only give it to me once. Like I was mm-hmm. like a, I don't know. I don't remember what it was called, but they said you could only take it one time. Cause like, it's something to do with like, it's super addictive or something like that. So they're like, you can have that. If that doesn't work, then you're going to have to get that withdrawal. I was like, okay, well. I'll try this. They're like, it'll make you drowsy, which should help your body relax. You know, you'll fall asleep. Like you'll still feel stuff, but it'll like numb it out and you'll get sleepy and, you know, you can go to sleep and hopefully things will progress. I was like, okay, well, I'll try this. So this is seven o'clock the next night. And um, we're getting like, I think close to the 48 hour mark. Um So they give that to me. And honestly, that did like absolutely nothing for me. Like it wasn't helpful. I didn't fall asleep. I was just like in pain the whole time. Like, and I remember, I think that's when I had like had a breakdown. I was like bawling my eyes out. I was like, this baby can just stay in at this point. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. My husband's like trying to encourage me. I'm like, well, you can come have this baby because this is a lot for me. Um, And so like, I was just like, okay, like I'm going to do this a couple more hours longer and then like, we'll see how it goes. So I did that for a while and I was like in and out of the shower because I could only be in the shower for like 30 minutes at a time because my water had broken. The nurses had to come keep taking my vitals to make sure I didn't have an infection. Um, And so that like comes and goes and it's like 11 o'clock and they check me again and they're like, you're still like a two, maybe a three, like you're not really dilated. And I'm like, well, why not? And they're like, they didn't really have an answer for me. They're just like, well, we're going to, you know, we just got to keep the Pitocin going. And I'm like, okay, well, what other pain options do you have for me? They're like, well, at this point, like we can try an epidural. And I was like, I was really, I was like at a crossroads because I really, like I said, I wanted to try it unmedicated, but I also knew like going into birth, like I didn't want to suffer through it. Like I wanted to enjoy my like I had enjoyed my pregnancy. I wanted to enjoy my birth experience as well. So I was like, okay. And I had like talked to my doula about it. I talked to my husband about it. And I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna try the epidural. Um and like we'll just go from there. So they had the anesthesiologist come in, he placed the epidural and they were like and they're like, oh it'll take like 20 minutes for it to like kick in before you feel it. So like 20 minutes goes by and I'm like, I can feel all of these contractions. I was like, is this normal? They're like, yeah, maybe it just hasn't kicked in yet. So like an hour and a half goes by and I'm like, 
I can still feel these contractions, you guys, like what is going on? And they're like, well, because they give you like a little thing where you can like add more medicine to it to make it stronger or whatever. So they're like, well, just press this and it'll come in. You know, it takes a little bit, but just press that again. And like, it maybe it'll just kick in. I'm like, okay. So like that went on literally all night and like maybe around two or three, um, they came back in and I was like, I just told the nurse, I was just like, yo, this is not like working. Like something, something's not right. Like I can feel all of these contractions. I was like, what was the point of getting an epidural? Like I I feel like people say, get the epidural, you won't feel anything. And I feel everything. Like I know. And like, they went to do a cervical check and I was like, I can 110% feel this. And they're like, no, you have epidural. I'm like, no, I can feel this. And so, um, like I told the nurse that and it was like two or three in the morning and she was like, you know what? Like, cause I had been, you know, adding the stuff in there. She's like, I'm going to get this replaced. And I was like, okay, well you do what you got to do girl. And so she came back, she got it, got it replaced. Um, I I think maybe that was just like a different medicine bag or something. And like, she was like, you know, let me know, like 20, again, 20 minutes, it should start working. Let me know if it doesn't. And I was like, okay. And so again, 20 minutes goes by, I'm still feeling it. And then a while goes by and I'm like, and I'll call the nurse back in there. I'm like, I I think this is not working correctly. Like I'm trying to sleep through this. It's not working. Like I can literally feel every contraction still. And it's like, and they're still pretty strong because we're still on the Pitocin at that point too. And so she's like, okay. And so she leaves and she comes back and like, I guess she went to go talk to like the charge nurse or whatever. And like, they're like, we're going to totally like we're going to place the epidural again, like have it like put in again where they put the needle in again, but they wanted to wait. And so this part, it was like seven in the morning at this point. And they're like, we're going to wait for a shift change and we're going to have a different anesthesiologist place this one in there. I was like, okay, like I just want it to work. And so the new anesthesiologist comes in and um, like I'm asked, I ask both of them questions and like he answers my questions and I'm like, okay. Um, so he places it and then literally within like within 20 minutes, I feel like I don't feel the contractions anymore. I'm like, oh my God, like this is working. They're like, are you feeling good? I'm like, yes. Like, and like the nurses would come in and like the on they have the monitors up where you can see where you're having a contraction. They're like, Oh, you don't feel that? I'm like, no, thank God. And they're like, Oh, that's awesome. Like it's working. And I'm like, I don't know what the first guy did, but like, I just, I wish we would have figured this out last night. And so like, again, this was seven o'clock in the morning. This is like Saturday morning now. Like I went in on Thursday. This is Saturday morning. Yeah. And um, so things are going well. I'm able to sleep for a little bit. Um, at this point, my doctor had like, come, like my doctor had been texting me the whole time, kind of like asking me how things were going. Um, but he was on that morning. I think it was, yeah, that morning he had come on. And so, um, he had like stopped in the room. He was talking to me. He did a cerebral check. He's like, you're dilating. Like you're like six or seven or something like that. Now, like I was progressively further along than what I was that night. Cause like, I was like at a two or a three for like 
hours and hours and hours. Like I feel like almost a day and a half. I was like at a two and a three and with, with the Pitocin. So like we checked me, things were going well. Um, and so I was like, okay, like I think I'm going to call my doula to come in. Like the one thing with my doula, she, she wasn't able to come until like closer towards the pushing just because with COVID it was once you're there, you're there and you can't leave. And I didn't want like, especially since we were there for so long, like I had been texting her throughout, but I was just like, I don't want her to come and have to stay. Like we were there for three, four nights and just waiting. And I was like, I don't want her to get stuck here. She has kids, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, my brother's like, and my husband's like, you know, that's her job. And I'm like, well, we'll, we'll wait. And so I didn't actually tell her to come until um, the morning of and where they said like things were starting to get like closer. And so she ended up coming probably like around 11 Saturday morning because I was like progressively further along and like I was feeling better. Like mentally I was feeling better. I was able like with the epidural, obviously you're not allowed to move around as much. So like I was still sitting in the bed, but I was still like mentally, I was in a better place than I was the past two days trying to deal with all of the labor pain. So she gets there. We're like talking. I end up falling asleep for a little bit. And then um, they come, they check me again, like around noonish. And they're like, you're like, you're there. Like, let us know when you start to feel a little pressure. I think they had like turned down the epidural or like let it wear out or whatever it is. Um, so they're like, you know, once you start to feel pressure, we'll start pushing and just let us know. And so my doctor was in and out of there. Like, I feel like every 10 minutes, just like checking on us, the nurses were in there. And then finally it was time. I was like, I think I'm ready to start pushing. Um, so we started doing the pushing and um, my doctor, he kept saying, um, cause he knew like I wanted to birth, like he knew I wanted to go unmedicated. He knew I wanted to like birth in whatever position I felt like at the time, but because I had an epidural, it was mostly like laid back. So he was like, I want you to keep, you know, flipping her like to different sides um, just to help get the baby in a better position or whatever. And so I remember they like tried to turn me to either my left or right side and like the baby's heart rate dropped. And then like, they all come like rushing in. They're like, Oh my God. Da, 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 da. And so he like comes in, he checks the baby's heart rate. He's like, it's fine. Like put her back on her back. And so I ended up having to push on my back for, I think I pushed maybe an hour because he came out around one. Um, so it was, a, it was a lot of pushing. Like it wasn't painful because I could still feel like the epidural was definitely still working, but you could definitely feel the pressure and all that other stuff. I ended up having them get the mirror so that I can see um, myself pushing. Um, and then my doctor, it's funny, my doctor's also from Ohio. He went to OSU. He was like, he got like this oil to do a perineal ma massage around there as he was coming. He's like, this oil's from Ohio and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, thank you, Chung. Thank you. And so he was just like, they were like trying to keep me prepped. And then like, I just remember at one point, like I was pushing and everybody was kept talking. They're like, you know, you need to push like this. You got to do this. You got to do this. And I was like, everybody just needs to be quiet. Like I can't, I can't focus. I only want to hear what Dr. Chun is saying right now. Like, can everybody just be quiet? So everybody's just like real quiet. And then honestly, like, I feel like the pushing phase, they said it was like an hour, a little over an hour. 
But um, to me, like, I remember the beginning part. And then all of a sudden, I remember him saying, like, put your hand down there, grab your baby, like your baby's coming. And I just remember, like, pulling him out. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, that was so cool. And then, like, they pulled him out, they put him on my chest, and he was so quiet. He was just, like, looking around, kind of just, like, staring. Like, there wasn't anything wrong with him. They were just, like, checking him, like, rubbing him to make sure he's good. I'm like, okay, he's fine. (laughs) He's just looking. And so it's funny, like they were doing like all the wiping and stuff off. And I remember just saying like, oh, don't wipe the vernix off and blah, 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 blah. They're like, it's okay, Charlotte. Charlotte, he's not going to have that much vernix anyway. Because I was 41 weeks exactly when I delivered. And they're like, it's okay. And I was like, make sure you do delayed cord clamping. And they're like, okay. (laughs) And so like my husband got to cut the cord And then um, they checked our temperature again, and me and the baby had spiked a fever. Um, So we both ended up having to do antibiotics. And I remember, like, so they took him away for, like, a a minute or two, uh, probably, like, 15 minutes um, after they had had – he was on my chest for maybe, like – 10 minutes, but then they took him and, like, had to do some tests and stuff on him, uh, which was still in the room, and I was just, like – staring at them like a hawk the whole time but like he was getting his little feet pricks or whatever just to like check him and he was like quiet the whole time I was just like everything okay over there why is he so quiet they're like he's just really calm he's just looking around I was like okay (laughs) let me know something's going on um and so yeah they gave him back everything was fine like we had to stay 48 hours just as he needed 48 hours worth of antibiotics and like by the time we went to the recovery room like both of our fevers had went back down um so we were good and then we were in the recovery room for two days and again like I had to get another COVID test um moving into the recovery room And that one, for some reason, I ended up having to do that twice because the first time she was like, I did the wrong thing. Like, like it's still the nasal swab, but she was like, I sent it to the wrong thing. Like we had to do it one more time. Otherwise, like you'll have to be in full PPE the whole time. Like you're there, like, cause they did want you in masks. Like anytime medical staff came in, they were like, you guys need to be masked. But um, once I started pushing, they didn't, they stopped telling me to put my mask on because I was like, well, I'm not going to wear a mask anyway. <laughs> so they were like cool with it, but they were like, you know, we have to do this test again. Um, otherwise you guys have to be fully covered. And then, so we got into the recovery room and it was fine. But until my test came back, they were like, the baby was in the bassinet. He was, they were like, you really shouldn't hold him. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so like, obviously like I did my own thing. And, um, like they would come back in, I'd be like, Hey guys. (laughs) And so they came back, maybe we moved to the postpartum. Like I had them around one on a Saturday and then, um, I feel like maybe around two or three or four, we were probably in the recovery room and around like sometime that night they had came back and said, okay, your test is negative. Like you don't have to be We still couldn't leave our room, but my husband could at least, like, go to the car and get stuff. He could order food and stuff like that. Because until then, it was just, like, only the hospital food fully. They had to come in, like, fully geared and stuff instead of just a mask. So I came back fine. And then then that's when the whole journey began. (laughs) 
That is quite the journey. Um, okay, so I'm going to roll it back. Yep. One, I commend your doctor's bedside manner. Um, there are not a lot of doctors out here that are still giving out their phone numbers to be talked to anytime. <laughs> so. I'll give you guys his thing to put in the show notes, but if you're in Boston, like, He's the best. Like I was hesitant to have a male doctor in the first place because I haven't mm -hmm. had a male doctor since my pediatrician when I was a kid. So like, I was like, mm -hmm. right. I don't know, but I had found him prior to getting pregnant because he had did a podcast about, about black maternal health. And I was like, mm -hmm. Oh, if this guy can actually talk about it, he'll name it. He'll like say like, we need to work on it. I can trust him. And then when I went in for all my appointments, I had like a million questions. He was like, I'm glad you have questions. Like this is your birth story. I want you to be prepared. You need to do research. Like, this is good. So like, I, I can't say any more amazing good things about him. He was so good. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, your induction was everything you didn't want <laughs> to happen. It was like, it's seriously like the whole, you know, domino effect mm -hmm. when it comes to inter interventions. Um, anything that could happen did happen. Right. Yeah. Um, and I know how challenging that could be because you had done the work to prepare for the birth that you really wanted mm -hmm. and reconciling that moment by moment, like seeing one thing being crossed off your list, but not a check mark, like just yeah. crossed off. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, we did this. No, we didn't do yeah. this. Like, right. Um, I know that had to have been hard, right? And and even in the postpartum, going reflecting back on it and really going through that, but also knowing that there were so many things you did do, and so much was out of your control. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you did all the things you were supposed to do. Yeah, it just that's just um, it played out. So, but a bit would have definitely been nice if your epidural worked at the point that you did choose that because it seems as if once that happened, your body was able to really relax oh and God. do the work. Yeah, I remember um, I got the epidural and I was like, "Oh, this is why people get an epidural. Like, you actually <laughs> don't feel anything. Like, you can be like, this is great. <laughs> I get it now." But when I got it and it wasn't working, I was like this is so stupid. Who would get this? Like, I right. What am I doing? Exactly. Right. Um, I am confused yeah. about yeah. the anesthesiologist, um, the first one. And it almost seems like there was a fear on the nurse's part of telling the anesthesiologist that they didn't do their job. Right. Yeah. Cause I, I thought it was weird that they wanted to wait until a shift change to do it. Like, I don't know what the deal was, but and they were just like, mm, no, we're going to wait for the new person, the next person to come in to place it. And I was just like, good, because it ain't working. <laughs> so, Right. And it just makes me think about like, one, did they not believe you, right, at first? And then once they did believe you, it's as if they knew that this anesthesiologist had either done something like that before or they just weren't prepared to deal with the attitude or the repercussions that would come afterward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure, but hmm. it, was, it was a lot in the moment. <laughs> you were probably ready to throw something. Not <laughs> this is too much. But I will say, because I was very prepared, and like I said, I've read a lot about 
the statistics with black mothers in hospitals. So I was like fully prepared to advocate for myself because I was like, y'all not about to make me a statistic. Like me and my baby are going home. Like we're not, we're going home together. We're not, I'm going to tell you about if something's not right. So I like, I at least like was in that mindset still to be like, you need to say something like something's going on. Something you need to bring it up again. And again, I don't care how many times I'm pressing this button for y'all to come up in here. Y'all something's wrong. So. And that, that was so important for you to be able to self-advocate like that, because sometimes it is just kind of like you said at first, it was like, oh, is this what everybody's raving about? Yeah. Like, because there's no, your expectation and what happened didn't match, right? Mm-hmm. And so you could have just said, well, I guess that's what an epidural is, mm-hmm. right? And went through that whole thing of <laughs> that long induction. Girl, I think in total they said it was 63, 64 hours, something like that time my water broke to the time I actually gave birth to him and I was like child that's a lot it's funny because when my water broke I was like I'm about to have my baby I'm so excited I was like wow this is not what happened not what happened and sometimes it doesn't yeah um tell us about postpartum for you like once you actually got baby home so postpartum for me it was it was it was good for the first little while. Like me and my husband, we were just like, I think we were just so like on a high still of being like, oh my gosh, we have this new baby. And like, it was, it was definitely tough adjusting to the sleep or the lack thereof of sleep. Um, It's just waking up every few hours. Like fortunately, like we're breastfeeding. And so fortunately he was able to latch in the hospital. I had really good, nurses who helped me with latching and I saw a lactation consultant before I left. So breastfeeding in the beginning was going really well and like it was good. And I feel like, I feel like maybe a week, a week and a half after giving birth, like me and my husband went out for a walk and like, it was a short walk. It was like a 10 minute walk, but I just wanted to try and like move around a little bit to still like, feel good like my body it wasn't like super sore like I had the normal amount of like postpartum bleeding and everything like that but like I knew like just being outside even though it was the middle of winter it would just help me mentally just to not be in the house all day especially because it was COVID and I've been in the house on my pregnancy so I was like I have to be outside so we would go for a little bit of walks and stuff like that And, like, honestly, it was really good. Like, my friends, um, we have friends here. And so some of them, they, like, brought us meals. My friends who aren't in the area, they would, like, PayPal me money and be like, here, have meal, have a dinner on us. And I thought that was, like, so, so helpful um, for them to be, like, supportive like that. Maybe, like, three weeks after my husband's parents, who live a couple hours away, they were able to come and see the baby and kind of help out for a little bit. So that was good. I feel like things didn't start to get like challenging until my husband went back to work. So fortunately in Massachusetts, we just passed a new family leave law. So he was able to stay home with us for 12 weeks. Um, Yeah. And so like when he went back to work, that's when it was really like, oh my gosh, like it's me and this baby. We're at home all day. And I just remember I was talking to my aunt. She's like a mom to me. And I was just like, that when that week he went back to work, I was talking to her like a couple times a week. I was like, girl, this is a lot. I was just like, this is crazy. And like 
that's when he also started to have like not latching issues, but like he would latch and come off, latch and come off. He would get like super fuzzy. He'd like arch his back. And so like, that was like so stressful for me. Like we were going to the pediatrician and they were like, his weight gain in the beginning was like awesome. And then like, I feel like right when my husband went back to work, it was like his percentile started going down. He's not eating as much. And like the doctor was like freaking me out. And I was like, well, I don't I mean, I don't know. I still offer him the breast every two hours. Like, I don't know. So we ended up like seeing a chiropractor. Cause I was like, cause the way he was arching, I was like, okay, maybe like, I've just read that like birth can be a lot on babies too. And so like some chiropractic work might help. So we did that. We ended up, we had to get two tests for, to see if he had a dairy allergy. Um, so, like the first time we got it done, it wasn't my main pediatrician, but just someone in that practice we brought back the stool samples and he was like, no, like everything's fine. Like keep, keep doing what you're doing. I'm like, okay. And then he's like, just let me know. You like, if things don't change. So again, like a couple of weeks, I was just like, I don't know. I feel like he's still really skinny. He's real like t- tiny. Um, but like what, what's going, like what's going on. And so like the second time I went back in there, they were like, um, they test, we tested his stool again. They were like, oh, he has a dairy protein. So I had to like eliminate dairy from my thing. And I, my four month check is actually when we had another check and they're like, well, his weight is okay. Like it's fine, but you know, it's not where we want to see it. Like it had dropped drastically. Cause he was a eight, almost nine pounds. I think he was eight pounds, 12 ounces when he was born and his four month checkup, he was like, like 13 pounds, 14 pounds, which is good, but they were like, is way down from what they had expected his growth to be. Um, so I was like, okay. So like, you know, I eliminated dairy and I was doing that. I was like, this is it's still weird. And like, I met with a lactation consultant again. Like, so this is the first time like out of the hospital meeting with a lactation consultant. And I should have just listened to my gut because the, the, the lady that I found that was recommended to me through one of the groups I'm in um, that my OB actually runs. Um, he was like, you know, this lady's great. She's our group lactation consultant. I met with her. She was like, it was a virtual visit. And I was just like, I just, in my mind, I was just like, how is someone going to do a lactation consult like virtual? But like the other resource that they gave me to call, they were like, it'd be three weeks before I could see someone in person. So I was like, okay, I'll try this. I met with that lady and it was like, <laughs> it was just what I thought it was. It was just like, it wasn't really helpful. She's like, I don't know. His latch looks good, but like maybe try different positions. I'm like, girl. Okay. And so I ended up finding another, like my hospital actually gave me a number to call for lactation consultants, but like my hospital was like 40 minutes away. And like, I didn't mind driving that way again because I like the doctor, but I was like, okay, well, I'll just drive 40 minutes to see a lactation consultant because she had something like that week and it was in person. And I've been meeting with her since then. And it's been so helpful because like she, she's able to actually see him. She's actually to weight him and stuff like that. And so like I started taking sunflower lecithin and like that at least helped because she thought maybe it was just like my flow or my supply was good, but she was just like, and his latch was good. And she was just like, Maybe because I kept getting clogged up. She was like, maybe it's just like the fats in it are like sticking to the ducts or something. So I started taking that and like 
he's definitely eating better. And so we just, that really has been the biggest stress point. Like he's a super calm baby, but the eating was, has just been like, it makes me so anxious. Almost every time we go to feed, I'm like, okay, are we going to, is it going to be a thing today? Or is it going to be, we're going to eat normally today? So. Um, you know, a lot of black families are, you know, going back and getting into nursing and breastfeeding our children. And a lot of times it, it takes more than just what we think. Um, and just the fact that you've gone this long, right? Mm-hmm. You're doing it. Yeah. Doing the thing. Yeah. <laughs> pushing forward, getting the support you need step by step. That's important. It's important for people to hear that it's not just to put a baby to your breast and all will be fine all the time. Some people, it works just like that. Right? <laughs> um, and sometimes it's just the learning of the mechanics of holding a baby from one side to yeah. the next and may- being able to get the right position that works for them. Going to see a chiropractor is important. And even maybe revisiting that again, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Babies had, you had a long labor. (laughs) A long labor. uh, And I meant to say he was born sunny side up. So he was like flipped the other way too. So I was like, that also could have been like, right? Because I felt like he would just like arch his neck and be like weird. I was like, so I felt like maybe that also has something to do with him not wanting to eat on certain sides and stuff. Absolutely. You consider how long he was sitting, you know, with his body being squeezed, Mm -hmm. right, by the contractions. And then it's not just the same as sitting when you're just not in labor, right? Baby's fine. They're not in the pelvis. They're, you know, all these different things are going on. And they do need some extra support sometimes when they get home um, and and seeing where the weaknesses are so you can help balance where the strengths are and things Mm -hmm. like that. So, I commend you guys for pushing forward, moving forward to do that because, um, you know, it's not just the nutrition and the immune system support. There, there's still more to it, right? It's like mm-hmm. learning how to breathe outside of your your womb, like all these different yeah. things and skill sets that breastfed babies are obtaining. And even when he starts talking and stuff like that, like all these little things are helping um, build him up. So I'm just I'm happy that you've been able to push through that. Um, And sometimes we are just, you know, strengthened a little more by not having all the things we wanted in our birth. Like these are some things I can control that's going on outside of it that, you know, are your heart hard yes like this is what we're doing <laughs> like i make milk you're gonna drink it <laughs> we're gonna have this milk whether like and he's super picky about bottles like it took him forever we went through so many bottles and we finally found one like we have so many that he doesn't use and he finally takes it but he'll only take it from his dad like if i try to offer it he looks at me like girl stop playing with me. Playing. <laughs> stop playing with you me. are the source right. okay <laughs> That's daddy's bottle. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's not yours. <laughs> like, it's so funny. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners, like resources, any advice, or anything that just came up from your birth that you want to make sure it's sh- known, right? I will just say definitely, definitely, please prepare. Like, I felt like even though my birth did not go, 
how I like visioned it in my mind and what I had prepared for it, I was still very much at peace with my birth because like I still did use a lot of my hypnobirthing things. But like I was also prepared in the sense that like I knew to advocate for myself and I knew what to expect from each phase of labor so that I wasn't like thrown for a loop. And like, yes, I was still thrown for a loop with the induction, but like I did take courses about induction. I learned about it, even emergency C-sections, like all that stuff was in my birth plan. And so like, just, just be prepared, especially black women. Like I just, I just have a thing in my heart because I, I just get so nervous, especially with some of my friends' stories. I'm like, don't let them take you for the okie doke. <laughs> so like, definitely prepare yourself and also give yourself grace. Like if things don't go the way you planned, like it's okay. Like give yourself space to cry and to be upset and sad about it and mourn the loss that the the loss of the experience you wanted, but also like embrace the experience that you had and like, just kind of, you know, just don't, don't take it too hard. Like, like I said, just give yourself grace and um, resources. I would, I would one say having a doula was very helpful. Um, she was super helpful throughout my pregnancy during the birth. Like I said, she came during the pushing stage, which was nice. It would have been cool to see her like being able to do it. Like if I was laboring at home, but um, it was still helpful. And she was so helpful in the postpartum. So find a doula, do your research on a provider as well, because you want someone that matches your methods. I, uh, I always tell people like your provider will work is working for you. So like if you're not feeling something or they're saying something or you're like 30 weeks in and all of a sudden they don't seem down with what you've talked about before, you need to find a new provider because you don't want to get to the hospital when it's time to push and they're all of a sudden not feeling what you're saying anymore. And then you're just totally thrown off. So like do your homework and find a provider and then find some support. Like I've joined so many mommy groups, especially being with COVID, like it's all virtual, but like it's helpful. I've really leaned on my friends who have kids, like just to like vent to them, to kind of like just talk about things like that are bothering you. Um, if you have a partner, talk about parenting styles and all that stuff too, because there is definitely, especially like when my husband, like when husband went back to work and when I went back to work, it was just like a lot, especially since I'm at home. So I was like, have a conversation with your partner um, and just be honest with each other. And if it's too much, it is okay to be like, ask your mom, your partner, your whoever your support system is to be like, can you watch the baby? I need to go out and go for a walk go I would like drive to the mall and just sit in the mall parking lot and just like be like I just need to be away for a little bit that's okay so make sure you like take care of yourself too because you know you can't you can't pour from an empty cup and your baby needs you to be full so definitely don't take that lightly Thank you. Yes. Thank you for that. Those are all so important. Awesome. No matter what stage of postpartum you're in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> leaning into your supports, knowing who those people are, identifying them while you're pregnant mm -hmm. is a, a big deal, too. You know, yep. um, 
So yes, thank you for sharing today. We appreciate you and your story. Yeah. Um, I appreciate you guys. Like I said, I've been listening to you guys since before I got pregnant, since I knew I was like, I love hearing people's their stories. And I found one that was like about black women. I was like, this is perfect. Like I see myself in all of y'all and all of your stories. So like I'm yes. for y'all's platform as well. So thank you for having me. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com. 